Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's Malls. I have a fun guest on today that you probably know. Oh, it's episode 140, by the way. I have a fun guest on today that you probably know if you listen to Emotionally Broken Psychos because your name is at the end of every single episode. You guys, it's my fabulous editor. What do we call you? Producer, engineer, Sammy Junio. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's so cute because I asked you to be on yesterday and... (laughs) You thought I was asking you to come record it, and you were still totally down. Oh, yeah. All the time. But that's so sweet. Um, And also... I have a little producer jealousy going on. You do? I have to keep myself Well, Christina, you can't do all the pods. I know. I mean, if you could... I mean, it would be a different situation, but <laughs> it's a lot. Like, I felt like that when Stephen was here, too. And s- you felt a little jealous. And Sammy's about to start doing Mother May I Sleep a podcast because Stephen's leaving me to go be a big time, big timer on the other side of the world. So <laughs> he's going to Australia with my favorite murder. So when he's back. We can all just wrestle in jello to see who can actually <laughs> do it. Well. I mean, that would be great for me. Um, <laughs> Kill each other. I know. To the de- fight to the death to edit my podcast. Can you imagine three people fighting to the death to have I to listen to my voice? Die. I know, right? I'm like, don't like, I'm like, why would you why, sign up for that? Why is uh, just swallowing all the jello? <laughs> Whole 30 be damned. Okay. Is, is that, is, I feel like jello should be on Whole 30. It has sugar in it, Molly. Sugar free gel. Oh. But it has like a sugar additive. Oh. Like it's I can't have any added sugar. Oh, I feel like that's like a diabetic person's snack. They love I mean, like sugar free jello. <laughs> it know? probably is, yeah. Yeah. But it's not wise. I mean, it's the same reason why like the replacement sugar in Diet Coke is actually worse for you for you than mm-hmm. actual Coke. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy lately just regular Coke. I'm not fucking with DC anymore. DC sent me on a real bad journey. Just Diet Coke. What journey did it? No, I'm just- I was just drinking six a day. Uh-oh. And I was just like, first of all, like, so I had to lose a bunch of weight to fit into my prom dress. And the only like main thing I did was I just quit Diet Coke and I lost 14 pounds in two weeks. Jeez. So it's like it puts weight on you. So there's that. But also, I don't think I had a, a, my digestive system was working well at all in high school. Yeah, it's because. Oh, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, the the fake sugar has some really weird side effects. It's the yeah, it's pretty bad for you. So, Sammy, Hi. thank you for being here today. <laughs> we've never actually we've never hung out in real life, which is weird because I talk to you pretty much every day. <laughs> yeah, the last time we saw one another was the first time we met when you recorded an episode of Miranda Berman. Shout out, hey girl, high school with Miranda Berman episode. You didn't come to my ago. birthday party. You 
invited me to a Christmas party. Oh. But I think I ended up being out of town, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you were also invited to my birthday. You're I mean, oh, I'm whoops. just telling you you <laughs> I invited literally everyone. You weren't I, Oh my god. Well, if I forgot you, I don't know how I did because I literally just like pressed every letter of the alphabet on my keyboard <laughs> and just like added anyone under like I was like, okay, all the A's are added. Oh, okay, I all the I was B's special. are added. <laughs> I mean, Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline was there. I had a, I cast kind of a amazing. wide net. I cast a very wide net. Yeah. Um, all that said, um, tell me what's up with you, girl. What are you working on right now? Oh, just a bunch of stuff. I'm uh, towing the line of quitting my nine to five to do like podcast stuff and like comedy show producing full time, which nice. is horrifying. So I'm just like having a panic panic attack every day about that. What yeah. comedy shows are you producing? Um, right now, it's just historical roast and fictional roast over at Nerd Melt. And then, uh, yeah, that's it for now. That's something you guys can do if you come into town. Go to one of those shows. Yeah, they're really fun. We have one next week. So whenever this is coming out. Do you like roast historical figures? Yeah, so we get <laughs> we get a team of people and we trick one comedian to dress up as a historical figure and another comedian to dress up as someone that's like related to that person. Okay. And then the rest of the cast is just comedians roasting as themselves. So it's actually ridiculous. That's how do you how have you consistently tricked people to dress up as historical figures? I I am consistently surprised actually. We've been doing it for two and a half or three years now and it's been wild. Like That have, is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, also, that just goes to show you how little people pay attention to things in this world. <laughs> like, guys, whenever I say don't take things personally, literally for three years, Sammy has been convincing people to show up in historical costumes <laughs> to do a show, and not one of them has caught on. Like, that's cra- Not one of them has caught on? To what? To the fact that when you're like, hey, dress like Martha Washington, like, none of them are like... Oh, no, they get really stoked about it. They're oh, like, my God. They're jazzed. Hilar- well, so what do you tell them the show is? Well, we tell them that it's just like a regular roast, except uh, someone is going to be dressed up as the historical figure. Mm-hmm. Can you be the historical figure? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, okay. Did you bring three reasons today why you're qualified to give advice? I... Yeah, well, uh, yes. And yes and no. Because I've been like battling with the answers that I was going to give you. And then when I was scootering over here, I was like trying to think of like which one to do. And I panicked and now I'm blanking. I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, I have three. Driving a scooter in LA is like for, is one of them. Yeah. In my I'm mind. Like so I'm going to give you a fourth one if you don't. <laughs> I mean, like literally you really are. Also, like, do you have a death wish? Like that's do, my yeah. big question for you. I actually am a... a an adrenaline junkie. So, yeah. But like in, I'm also a wuss. So a scooter right. is like the most dangerous thing. Are you I like guess. a, I could go at any time person like me? Like, it's just like, if I die, big whoop. Yes. <laughs> but I also like really worry about my mom dealing with me dying before she does. So yeah. I try not to die before she I think she Shauna would figure it out. I think my mom would, like, skate on. You know what I mean? I think she'd be upset for a while. But I think ultimately, like, she has a great, you know, skill for self-preservation. So she'd be fine, I guess. I don't know. Um, okay. Your three reasons, please. Okay. My first reason is I'm queer in the bisexual sense. So I have experience. Oh, same. Hey, what's up? Hey. We're doing it. We're doing doing I'm them doing all. a lot of things. Hey. You're doing it. Um, so I have experience with... Romantic experience with both genders. Uh, I've, I'm um, capable of hanging a TV, uh, mounting a TV on the wall with That's little gigantic. to no direction. So I feel like you always have to trust somebody who's a little bit more handy than you. 
Yeah. I am also handy. See? And yeah. look, you ha- you're pushing the buttons of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I like fixing things. Number three. <laughs> I'm also uh, a person of color, so if you don't uh, take my advice, then you're committing a hate crime. <laughs> POC's in the house, guys. Um, How does it feel to be the minority in the room, Molly? Uh, I, I actually am more comfortable this way. <laughs> um, but... Okay, wait. So I have a question for you. When I was in Austin, I was hanging out with this group of people and like three of the guys that we were with were openly bisexual. And it was like very interesting because it's it wasn't like it was unassuming. Like it, 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 they didn't present in a way that you were like, well, like Aaron Carter, for example, where sure. it wasn't a huge surprise, for Shouts example. Shout out to Aaron Carter. Good Shout, job, buddy. Proud of you, dude. Like, yeah, did you hear did he it. cried his eyes out at a nightclub? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but there was like so much. <laughs> I have to. I'm sorry. It's, it's like so terrible to laugh. Oh, but just thinking funny. about him. Like, I know. Like, what a rough road he's had. I mean, he has not had an easy life. Not since he's beat Shaq. I know. It's been really hard for him. <laughs> I so I work in a music <laughs> licensing office and <laughs> a couple of months ago we received this like mysterious box and each person in the office received a heart-shaped thing of candy and a burn CD of Aaron Carter's song. That is so funny. And, like if you there Oh yeah, they always try tag. to do sh- crazy shit sometimes to like get your attention. I know it's so funny. The price tag of the candy was Best Buy, so it's just like oh, it was a one-stop shop for them to just like send out their That's amazing. Material. Is out of control. I love that. Got to have an Aaron Carter CD. Why not? <laughs> I have my AC doll up there. Um, but anyway, my point is is that I got into a conversation with one of the guys. We were talking about his bisexuality, which he like also wanted to be a topic of discussion. Like I could tell he wanted to talk about it more. And um, basically he was saying like with guys, it's never really a problem. He's like, except like, he's like, he's like some gay guys think I'm dabbling in both pools and they, and they get defensive about that. He's like, but girls are my biggest issue. He's Mm -hmm. like, girls are so rough about it. And, and he was like, what do you think that is? And I was like, I think, girls are disgusted by dicks and I was like and they're just picturing you interacting and he's like it's the dicks right it's it's the and I was like and he's but I don't I like it's such an unfortunate thing because why do straight girls not like dicks wouldn't you as I don't a stra- know I mean I'm I get really angry about this situation because I've had girlfriends who have said around me like I would never date a bisexual oh, guy I used to feel and, that and way. like expect me not to have feelings about that and right. expect me not to feel or you know vice versa I've had People who I have had friends say that like they only would date white people and like <laughs> other white people, you know, and it's like I'm not supposed to feel a way about it. But sure. OK. Explicitly um, say or do they say I'm only sorry, attracted I'm not a- to white people. Sorry, I'm not attracted to anyone but white people. And it's like if you change like attracted out of a sexual sense and like I only want to be friends with other white people. Uh, like it's so it's still fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty like, fucked up. But the other thing is, like, I I always come from a place of, like, when someone is uncomfortable with the thought of two men being together and being anyone near there, you have some deep-seated homophobia that you're not dealing with. Yeah. And you need to come to terms with that. I mean, I definitely will say that, like, for many years I felt that way, that I felt different. I I mean, I have dated a bisexual guy, actually. But, like, we were in a relationship by the time I found out that he was bisexual. And he actually told Ed before he told me. Which, now looking back, I'm like, that was a little fucked up. But, um... Sammy, what do you think? Uh... 
about the guy not telling you first. Telling probably, my best friend at a party before he told me, and we were already <laughs> I meant dating. bisexual guy, like the women not handling bisexual I guys. Think, yeah. There's also just like this weird thing of like, I don't think people just generally don't really like bisexual people in general. Like I've been like, kind of, I've been looking at a lot of like, lesbians who are saying they're not biphobic and I was just like no no you clearly are yeah it's insane but um he was probably maybe your bisexual boyfriend was just telling Ed because he was scared that you were one of the people that would judge yeah or maybe he was coming on to Ed oh that probably who who knows (laughs) I mean we weren't really in a relationship But, um, yeah, no, it's like, I just was wondering about that because it was such an, it was, first of all, it was so nice to have a frank conversation about it where he would like had a sense of humor about it. And like, he was just like, yeah, he's like, I don't know why he's like, girls are just so fucking weird about it. And he's like, and it's just not a big deal to me. And I was like, no, I think that's like really important. I think that's also really important why you are so vocal about this and like literally talking to a straight girl at a club right now and and, like taking time out of your day to be like, I want to have a discourse with you about my sex life like I was like I was like first of all like I'm just like thankful that you're having this conversation with me and secondly I'm like it's good that he was in that mental space to be able to do that totally because it's like I know like it's expect to have like oh understanding and come from a place of like compassion and like that can be hard a lot when the world shuts you down Mm -hmm. and to expect people who are oppressed to just be that way all the time is really unfair unfair yeah it's putting like a mental strength like an insurmountable mental strength on people who on a daily basis have to deal with so much well it used to be like commonplace to just be like bi isn't real like you just want it all you're selfish like i mean that used (laughs) to be or you're really gay yeah, yeah that used to be like so commonplace that like i really say to people all the time like if you lived in the world we lived in 10 years ago for like two days, you would be like, what the fuck is going on? Like right. progress. And I think mostly because of the internet has sped up so quickly. But I also think that like this is the year of my life that more people I know have come out openly as bi than any other year of my life. I think that this is where we are. And like the finally the conversation has penetrated that it's like as important, if not more important to come out as bi than it is to come out period you know because the representation is needed everyone's understands the concept of gay now bisexuality is something that people don't a lot of people don't understand there's still people who are like it's not real (laughs) you just want it all baby um which Which is true i want it all nothing wrong with that all of them (laughs) nothing wrong with that but if you're in a committed relationship (laughs) it's not like damn i miss that peen right i mean no it's not like that i am in a very committed relationship right now and i'm not like damn i wish i was because that's the fear right it's like they're like oh i can't give you something that you need and it's like i don't need them both all the time yeah Yeah. no bro (laughs) you have all that i need that's fine that's why we're dating it does seem that way though like it's like, like in marriages, there's more bisexual women that are married than men. Like there's more that's just that more commonplace. It could be that they don't well, want to come out. out. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's the conversation I hear more is like my wife is sometimes into women and like I'm OK with that. But like it's not it's re- I've re- very rarely heard the other way. Well, because I mean, in general, I think like women being or straight women or bisexual women are more approved of because it's like a fetish a little bit. Yeah. And so the other way around, like a 
a bisexual man is probably scared more scared to come out as one because it's not like a thing a cool thing yet. yeah yeah and like women have well, now more that aaron s- carter did it women yeah. have more space to explore <laughs> that side of sex of that sexuality they have yeah. more it's like so- so- socially acceptable yeah but for men it's not it's and like so a fun like, sexy idea i think that like if we took away the stigma, it would help a lot more with, like, men owning a lot of their shit if they didn't have to worry about being perceived as gay. Yeah. No, I mean, like, and also... That, and, like, don't, don't give a fuck if someone perceives you as gay. It's fine. It's scary to think about how many people have had those attractions or urges their entire life and, like, are just like, no, I'm not that. Like, it's like, no, maybe you are. Like, maybe you really are. That was me, like, five years ago. And... Hey, welcome home, baby. <laughs> there was um, someone I talked to recently who said to me that she said, she's like, I dated, I was dating a guy, we broke up, and she's like, because ultimately, she's like, he was gay. And I said, oh, he came out to you? And she was like, no, he'll never know in his life that he's gay. She's like, he, she's like, I really do think that this is what his thing is. It's like, this is his thing, but he has such an intense, it's not even homophobia in his mind. It's like, there's a mental block to it. Like, he has eliminated the possibility that that thing, so it, he never even thought about it. Um, whereas, like, I think that your average person at least wonders once, like, am I that? Like, I mean, before I, before I was like, had any sort of sexual attraction to anyone. Like, when I was a kid I and I knew what gay was, I was like, I wonder if I'll grow up to be that. And I think that's a normal thought, you know? Like, or when you're, I mean, I don't know. Straight girls kind of abuse that, though, in a weird way. Like, I should be a lesbian. I wish I could just be a lesbian. Yeah, guys I, suck. People, let's be girls. Yeah. lesbians. People think that like, it's easier with women. It's everyone's not, it's different. No. Everyone's a douche. That's it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like bottom line, like everyone is super messy. Like there is no right answer. And also, you don't hear guys say that though. Like <laughs> I just wish I could like just fuck another guy. Like if I could just fuck another guy, that would solve all my problems. I kind of wish that would be an answer for them. Now. Right. I'm just like oh, my girlfriend's getting on my case. I just. Yeah, and fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> that last part is not the part it would that's make things, like commonly said. It would make things so easier if I could just be into fucking dudes. Yeah. I mean, that is the undertone, right? Or no? That is the undertone, but it's, it's like saying that they would like to be inside of their bros is like <laughs> somehow stripping their masculinity, and you cannot be a man that is not masculine. And I think that that's the actual right. source of it all, which is and ridiculous. Al- and also, like, my friend... um Actually, Troy said this on the podcast the other day. He's like, my straight friends, he's like, are so, like, they are so, like, they're gayer than I am. He's like, they've (laughs) all watched each other jerk off. He's like, they've all, like, done this shit. And he's like, I've gone to them and said, like, for real, are you not gay? And they're like, no, I'm not. And he's like, it just blows my mind. Like, they're so much more sexual with other men than I am. And I'm like... I knew a bunch of guys from Malibu that like totally circle jerked and like one watched the other one fuck a prostitute in Vegas. And I was just like, come on, like you're a little bi, like there's something there, you know, (laughs) ponder it. I mean, maybe can you just be a watcher? Well, I mean, it goes back to like the Kinsey scale, you know what I mean? Like everybody's on a spectrum and some people are a little bit more solidly on one end of this spectrum or the other. But for the most part, most of us fall in between. You know what I mean? And if we can just all as a society accept that aspect of sexuality, I mean, we would probably all have better sex lives. Accept it, motherfuckers. 
Um, yeah, everyone's gay. Everyone's gay as hell. <laughs> everyone's a little bit gay. You're, you're a little you're bit gay. you in your car, look, pull down your visor and look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself <laughs> you're a little bit gay. All right. Um, do you want to take some questions? I really would love if people were doing that right now. I think someone might be. Send us your voice notes. That might be the first time anyone's ever said that to themselves. And we could have given them that moment. What a gift. What a gift we are. I've definitely had that moment to myself in the car. (laughs) Probably. I'm a lot of sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Very broke back mountain of you. Um, Well, let's take our calls. Please. I have someone's preserved shirt in my closet. <laughs> you do? Oh, oh my god! I was like, that's how the movie ends. Oh, is that is what I've never seen it? Shirt. I just yeah. know that they spend a lot of time crying about their feelings <laughs> for each other and like wrestle intercourse. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's like really weird. Like uh, that's okay. what happens when you cast two straight men to play gay. <laughs> I mean, well, questionably, Heath well. Ledger like pummeled him like in the kissing scene. I watched that I am Heath Ledger thing, which is a really good documentary, by the way. If you guys haven't seen it. It's excellent. Um, but he, like, it was, so, first of all, they talked a lot about how brave it was for him to take that role because at that time, like, it was not, like, a, I mean, still even, it's still not common for a straight actor to play gay. Like, I would say Eric Stone Street is an example of someone who's like, there's very few people you can point to that are comfortable with it. I feel like for prestige Oscar roles, it's almost always a straight actor playing a gay part. Oh, well, that's the, that's yeah. the... Charlize Theron like getting fat version of yeah. a guy like it's yeah. like oh you women kissed another guy women, like you women, went there women aren't winning awards for playing lesbians no women are not winning awards for playing lesbians they, if you got fat as a woman which is the worst Except thing Charlize you, Theron whoa actually if you if you get fat or ugly as a woman that is probably like considered the biggest sacrifice that you can make as an actress. And for a guy, it's like, oh, you kissed another guy? Like, that's your biggest sacrifice. That is crazy, you guys. Wow, thanks, society. Let's get guys fat. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my Oscar so fat. That's my hashtag Oscar so skinny next year. All right, you guys, uh, let's take some calls. This is a question for Sam. Is your name Optimus Prime? It's not really an advice question, yeah. but um, clearly my name is not Optimus Prime. It's Sam. You said it already, but thank you. Uh, shout out to Joe White, idiot. <laughs> oh, is that who that is? He yeah. has a good voice. Yeah, he actually does do an Optimus Prime pretty well. Yeah. Proud of him. Yeah, good job, buddy. That was wild. Really happy to have <laughs> a different voice on the show. We talk about wanting to have different voices on all the time. I know. And that we have was... like serious Android underrepresentation, robot underrepresentation uh, yeah. on this podcast. No, not I'm glad that someone like tried to make up for that. Absolutely. I'm glad I could bring that to the. As podcast. opposed to the, hey, malls, I'm really drunk. Like, that's basically <laughs> the beginning of every call. I, I love those, though. It's, hey, mall. I, I know. have the microphone, like, in their mouth kind of a little bit. So like, <laughs> those are my favorite. And the worst hey, is malls. And they're like, they're like, sorry, I called last week when I was really drunk, so I'm, like, re-recording this. And I'm like, first of all, I don't listen to these, so you don't have to reveal that. Like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that's between you and Christina. Only Christina has your secret. And she will keep your secrets. But, um... And also, like, you'd be like, why would I tell you that? Um, but um, I love it when you guys call drunk. Just call drunk. It's so fun. And also, I think you're, like, all more raw when you're drunk. Like, I'm hearing more truths. Yeah. And we'll make snack suggestions if you want. That's kind of cool. That was one of my cool. favorites of all time when a guy was drunk at 7-Eleven and asked me what to get. <laughs> I was like, you're hearing this two weeks later. But <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. 
Hey, Molly. Hey, Sammy. This is Matt Fried here. I guess my first question is, what is your favorite kind of chewing gum? Second question is, if there is one, if all the chewing gums got involved in a civil war, which brand do you think would win? Is that brand your favorite brand? I guess that's a lot to ask. Okay. Anyway, bye. I feel like I'm just... You know when that, like, trope of, like, being embarrassed that your parents <laughs> dropped you off at school and they just, like, yell and be like, goodbye, sweetie. This is, like, how I'm feeling after these two calls. I loved that. First of all, Christina said this was a silly question. I think this is actually a very deep question and a very good question. Sure. Because my winner is different than my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. Is Do you have, like, or, or do you, Christina, what's your favorite gum? I'm actually more of a mint person mm-hmm, than a gum same. person. Um, so I'm just going to oh, go like with a, like... Oh, like a hard mint. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying like mint versus fruit. No, just like a, a mint, like a hard mint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, if I have to go pick one, I guess I'll... What's the one that comes in like the aluminum foil? Oh, there's a lot. There's Trident White. There's Dentine Ice. There's... Maybe um, a Dentine Ice. I, I can't remember. Okay. There used to be a brand that I bought. Yeah, Maybe it's Dentine Ice. The, the black Dentine Ice has this like kick to it that's almost like there's pepper in it or something. Like oh, it tastes sure. like original Pepsi. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it has that like extra thing to it. I'm like, is there pepper or something in this? Um, okay, what's your favorite gum? I... Oh, man. Um... Probably one of the flavors of the five gum. Oh, maybe I oh. like those two. Yeah, yeah. I the five. Yeah. Five is long. bullshit. What How are you talking you? about? <laughs> Literally five. That's the country crock of gums. <laughs> okay, that is some bullshit. Okay. Um. Wow. I thought the, I knew you guys. Juicy fruit is the like. Oh, I, I actually don't mind a juicy fruit once oh, in a while. Oh, you don't mind one? I think it's the country crack of gum. It's actually okay. colored like country crack. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this is what I will say, is that my favorite is the sugar-free Bubblicious. Uh, oh, just come original, on. Original bubble gum is my favorite. You're an adult. Yeah, I know I'm an adult. But what I hate <laughs> is, like, the fruity gums that are, like, the mashups. Like, if I get into an Uber... And, like, you only have fruity gums, like, strawberry, lime, shit, or whatever. I'm like, this isn't what gum is for. Gum is to, like, fix your breath and give you something to do. Like, I don't need to have kiwi mandarin breath at the club (laughs) right now. Like, this is not attractive to men. It's not attractive to anyone. Maybe a child, but that's not really who I'm trying to get with right now. I, like, rejected a coworker's gum once, and now every time I ask for something, she's just like, well, you didn't like my gum. And I'm like, because I wanted a minty gum. I don't want your juicy, like, fruity gum. That's not going to accomplish the thing. And also, don't take it so personally when I reject your gum. In in life, don't take things less personally, people. (laughs) But um, I do – it's a palate thing. Come on. Yeah. Um, But I – I that will that will bring me to like a four that that's like a four and a half star rating for me. Like I really do sometimes if, if I'm displeased and then on top of it they have gum but no minty gum, forget it. If they have, I would rather have no gum. I'm like I would rather you have not thought of me at all. Um, but then um, I do think the winner of all gums would be peppermint original peppermint trident. Ah. Not the chiclet kind, the just the the kind in the pack. Would the trident have trident have a trident? <laughs> I mean, in the it is, it, there is an irony to that. Yes, I will agree. Um, but it's 
gum. It doesn't have arms. So, um, <laughs> well, we're fighting like yeah, the also, hypothetical civil war of guns. Also, and they're like, you're injecting, like, we stop at arms when it comes to it. It's like, well, arms is too far to imagine. Also, there is are it no like arms. chewed or like sticks in in our war that we're Oh, I was picturing at. a fresh pack. Yeah. Oh, I was Yeah, like, I just, like, I, I imagine like, like little wrapped things dang. marching down together like in the Dothraki and now I'm getting into Game of Thrones. You know what actually? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to actually take this back a minute. I made a mistake. I would say it's a tie between two of the classics. I think that um being able to stick around for a long time, longevity, there's a lot to say for that. Um you've survived a lot. There are gums that have come and gone. Um I would say Double Mint or Big Red. Yeah, Big Red. Has a lot to offer. That's what I was thinking. I have a controversial pick. What? Big League Chew. Oh, no, that's fucking dope. I love Big League. <laughs> but you called me a child for liking... Well, well, I, yeah, I don't... How no, dare no, 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 no. I don't like... You big, like fake I, chewing tobacco gum? I don't like <laughs> to... Do I don't yeah. like to eat Big League Chew anymore. But if it came to a civil war of gums, I think that Big League Chew has the toughness and assertiveness to be able to survive battle. Big League Chew is like it's the America of shredded, <laughs> It's shredded gum in a soft pack. Like, they, it has nothing. That is like sending in Jared from Subway at peak weight in to fight for your team. Like, no. you can't do Chew that. With, uh, they're like barbarians, I think. They'd be like barbarians. You think so? Yeah. Are you thinking of the baseball player on the front with yes, the bat? exactly. And that's who you're giving all the credit yeah. to? Wow. That's, that's what I think Big League Chew is personified. Yeah, it's like a tough guy gum. Yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Sammy, who do you think would win? Don't big, say five. No, Big Red for sure. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. a Big Red it girl. Burns. It's a, it's Burns, it's good, it's classic, it's stood the that, test of time. You can do that stupid like lick the wrapper and put it on your forehead shit. Oh, no. yeah. There's some fun. Man. Uh, and like they all come with the silver thing that you can make those little chains out of. Yeah, it just dude. is like, no. it's just a good, there's, it's, I know few gums that are more multi-use. The theme song is about kissing. Like, make it last a little mm-hmm. longer. Also, like, why don't we have jingles anymore? I don't know, but I remember my entire fifth grade class, like, someone started humming it, and then someone else started humming it, and then the entire class broke out and sang the entire Big Red song, and my teacher was just standing there like... <laughs> Like, she didn't know what to do. Like, all of a sudden, not only were, like, we a bunch of fifth grade kids that at any other minute are probably, like, calling each other slurs and, like, just, like, being terrible and, like, just just terrible humans because you're in fifth grade. Um, Not only were we having fun, but we were harmonizing and singing a gum jingle together. I truly think that she, to this day, did not know what to – I would have loved to have been an adult in that situation. Like, just what is going on? How wild is that? <laughs> There's some jingles for like mattress things. It's just that that big red freshness lasts right through it. You know, mm-hmm. your fresh breath goes on and on, mm-hmm. even while you chew it. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. Yeah. I miss that song. I miss jingles. Yeah. You kind of shook me a little bit, Christina. I'm like, sorry. Oh, wait, There's on. jingles. Jingles and like TV theme songs aren't as necessarily as popular no, as they want. They yeah. just, no, no they just like no no lyrics. Like, no lyrics. Yeah. And then like if there are lyrics, it's like a, it's a radio hit. It's never like, 
oh, like we wrote this song about this family having to come together and like what you oh, do yeah. when you, you make used it to, work. Like, get the story of the family. Yeah. Like, at the beginning, you're like, oh, cool. I don't know what the show is. I just got caught up. Which, by the way, is a very smart way to stuff in exposition every week. Yeah. Like if you could just just put it in the theme song and then you don't have to do the whole like, so is dad still on vacation with Uncle Joe? Like, it's just like, what? It's like, no, it's like, dad took a vacation with Uncle Joe, and it's like, oh, great, now I'm caught up. I know where I am. I can go right in the episode. Like, we're making whoopie pies first scene. I don't need any more information. Yeah. Someone slips <laughs> on a pie. Yeah, I love that. What would your theme song for today be? Question for the room. Uh, maybe the Big Red song. I don't know. Getting ready for Palm Springs. Wait, are like, are we writing a are we writing a theme? Are we song? having like original are music? Picking, or are we picking something I mean, that's that exists? Up to you guys, Bernie and Phil's quality, comfort, and price. That's nice. I mean, that's just a Boston classic. Like, I'll never forget it. Like growing up to the Bernie and Phil's theme song. I don't know what that is. You wouldn't. It's a local Massachusetts oh, chain. Yeah. <laughs> but it's for me, that's always like when I think of like, what is in your, what's in your head forever? Bernie and Phil's quality, comfort, and price. That's nice. 1 800 mattress is up there too. <laughs> Dial a mattress, like that one. What's the rug one? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Rugs? Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 no, rugs. like <laughs> like the phone number is a Oh, I don't know. 1-800-RUGS. Do you know what Okay, what's your theme song? Um, Most memorable, burned in your brain. Oh, probably. Well, I was just singing the Fuller House theme song cuz I'm running through season 2 again. Oh yeah, so Carly Rae Jesp sang it. Yeah. Dude, Fuller House is like okay. Yeah. It's just it's just okay. Yeah, but which is exactly what you would expect. Exactly, it's watchable. Empire. Holy uh, hundred. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Cleaner makes your rugs cleaner. Is that what it is? Steamer makes your rugs cleaner. No, Stanley yeah. Steamer makes. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's a different one. Yeah, that's a different yeah. one. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> this is an interesting some deep dives, guys. There's some people at home really appreciating this, I will tell you that. Like five people who are still listening to the podcast. I know. They're like, are they just going to sing jingles for an hour? <laughs> Call and leave a voicemail of your favorite jingle. Okay. Let's talk to a troubled person now that Sammy's <laughs> friends are gone. Yeah. Thanks, guys. No, really. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Um, I would like to remain anonymous, but I wanted to present my dilemma to you and Sammy. Um, I love being mean. Um, it makes me feel good about myself when I do it. And uh, I was bullied and now I'm a bully. And I try to make it a joke, but I actually mean it sometimes. And it gives me a kick. And I'm very hypocritical because if someone does it to me, it hurts my feelings a lot. Um, I just, like, really would love to change that. But I would love to know if being mean feels good to everyone or if it's just me. Okay, thanks. Bye. I feel like I know that voice. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. But I will say that that voice does sound familiar. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, I was also bullied I also worked for like when I was working for Gawker like snark was your currency like how good could you snark like how good could you cleverly make fun of someone 
uh, how well could you observe someone's faults? Um, and that is, you know, in the, especially in the, um, world of creative people, podcasting, comedy, whatever it may be, um, that is also a currency. And also people are terribly jealous of one another in that world. And so you do have to realize, I think, that ultimately at least a part of it for unless you're just picking on a person who's so, so lame that like there's no way you could possibly be jealous of them, which at that point, that's when you got to kind of look at the man in the mirror, um, even if you're not saying it to their face like you do. OK, for me. I know that there was a big switch over when I realized that one, I truly do believe I went back to believing there was in fact enough room for everybody. And then I also had enough people be mean and judgmental of me that I was just like, I don't want to be that person to anyone else. I don't want to ever make anyone feel as bad as that has made me feel. And like, and it, it almost was like this like circle of life lesson because I was bullied my entire life for being a weirdo growing up, like being a girl who made jokes. That was weird where I was from. So um, it just was like, you know, um, I, I still, you know, like Christina and I or like Ed and I, like we can really like when we're alone, we can really like cut a person down. Like when it's like, why is they, they so annoying? Why are they so fucking annoying? Like, why does that bother me so much? And then like Christina will just say something and I'm like, that is an accurate observation. And it's also would probably make them kill themselves. Like if they heard that, like they would just be like. That's why I have to like leave a room when I get mad at someone because I'm like. I will destroy you. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, Ed is also, Ed is, can be so petty that it's like the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like sometimes <laughs> Ed can just be so fucking petty that I'm like, you seriously made time in your day to think that? Like, I can't believe. Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is truth. It's not meanness. It's just the true observation. No, it's just, it's just a I, dead ass truth. Yeah. I can't, I feel so horrible being mean that I can't relate to this question <laughs> not that i'm a saint but it's just like i i don't i am a cognizant of the the energy that i'm putting out into the world yeah and having been on the receiving end of a lot of hatred for a lot of different reasons i just don't want to put that out there and you can think mean things or say them to your one or two friends but yeah. i will tell you this and sammy i'll let you talk sorry no, um no one wants to work with or be friends with ultimately the person that's shit talking in a room because the older you get, the more you realize that you are not exempt from that behavior. And I found out like before, yeah, like so-and-so shit talking me and I'm just like, great, that's a, that's good because that's such karmic damage for them. That's the worst thing I could wish upon them is that they are spending their time their talking about me. Yep. And, and I think that it's also kind of like, because they can't turn inward. Yeah. That's what it is. Or it's like, oh, it's you should just... clearly hate yourself that you can only express that outwardly towards someone. Or maybe you don't even hate yourself. Maybe you just haven't learned the importance of forgiveness or maybe you've never, you know, I always think a reframe is the best thing you can do when you're fucking pissed at someone. Maybe they're not a bad person. Maybe they're not delusional. Maybe they're not an asshole. Maybe they just live their life differently than you. Maybe the, the, view that they view life the lens that they view life view is life through is different than yours and that's not a bad thing so I just think that it's very important to 
keep that in mind too, is that if you have a reputation as a shit talker, that's going to catch up to you and you're going to have to undo that. And I say that as someone who has definitely talked shit in my day. So I'm not saying that as a person who's like, I'm perfectly clean. Like I've done terrible things in my life. I've said terrible things about people. Um, Sammy, what do you think? Uh, I have a confession Mm -hmm. that I was actually a bully uh, in my younger days and it wasn't good. It didn't feel good. And it was mostly just, you know, me not processing. In what way? Oh, I was like, uh, there was this one kid that I was just like the classic bully to. Not to like an extreme extent, but like we would, it, it was like physical. It was like kind of physical. It was just weird. I was like lashing out at him because I was just trying to deal with stuff at my at my home. So it was like weird and I know that now, but it's not, I don't know. Are you friends on Facebook with this person? No, I forgot his name. <laughs> I don't know who, I don't know what his name is anymore. That's but like, hilarious. I feel, I feel awful now that I think about it. Um, and also, just don't dish out what you can't take. Like, yeah, that's not, it's not, it's not. Uh, I yeah. think that I used to. Because I felt like a nerd, I would sometimes bully other nerds, but I would always, I would only be a bully to the ones that I felt viewed themselves as intellectually superior to me. And I was like, we're all nerds. Like, I'm just smart in a different way. Like, I'm a lot funnier than you. And you don't have a lot of friends. Um, And like, that was like, definitely like, you know, it is sad when like the bully, I mean, the bully is the person that is the insecure person in the scenario. That's sure, the yeah. truth. You know, hurt people hurt people. And that's just really what it is. And like a lot of times you realize like it is something that's going on at home. Like all the bullies in my school, when I look back on it, um, were from either a very wealthy family or from a family that was skating more on the poor side. And they internalized that a lot. Um, or they were dealing with parents who had just shit going on like addiction issues or whatever and like you would see people get mean like I remember one girl getting very mean our senior year and I was always like she was always like a down girl like what is wrong with her and we found out basically like her mom was binge drinking herself to sleep every night and this girl would be like up with her mom puking at like four in the morning so she was always coming into school fucking exhausted and like it was just taking her life away from her. And like that is when I think a person comes to school and they lash out. It's because it's their only opportunity to just like vomit out all that shit that they have to be brave and keep a face on for at home. So, yeah. I don't know, girl. But like definitely know that what what you're doing is not sustainable um, for a long period of time without creating some bad karma and – I mean, I think you know that, though, right? It sounded like it. Yeah. I mean, she feels bad about it, but she can't help it. (laughs) Just, I I would say target it. You know, like, everyone has, even, like, I'm sure, I mean, I don't think Gandhi shit talked. But, like, I mean, I think everyone, let's, okay, well, let's think about Barack Obama has made a snarky comment in his life, I'm sure. (laughs) And he's a great guy. So, you know, but he says it. To one of his friends from college, maybe, or Michelle, and he doesn't go wide with it. He keeps it classy. Be presidential. (laughs) I would say that. (laughs) Maybe work on that in your life. Um, Okay. 
Should we take another call? All right, cool. Does anyone else have anything to say? Cool. No. <laughs> hey, um, Malls and Christina. Uh, my name is Johanna. I'm, I've been a listener for a while, and I uh, really enjoy you both and all your guests and everything. So anyway, I have um, just a dilemma. My little sister, she's like 16 years younger than I am. I'm like 43. She's 25 or 26 or something. But anyway, she's uh, planned this dream wedding in Maui. And um, I like said I would go and actually bought the dress. I have the dress right now. But I'm going to um, return it because things are like I really didn't want to go for like a while. And I like tried to get out of it a couple times. But she's like really like pressured because this is her fantasy thing and whatever. And I feel bad because like our mom hasn't been the greatest, so I think it's like this this whole thing she's built up, this dream, you know, scenario. So anyway, now I really, like, I'm not sure if I should tell her it's financial or if it's, you know, my job or, uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to break her heart, and I don't want to, like, just say I don't want to go, but I it's just not a good time for me, and... It's her dream, so how do you crush someone's dream like that? I just want to, like, let her know in the best way that it's not a good time for me right now. Um, You know, all right, thanks. Bye. I don't know. It sounds fucking stupid to me because I think weddings are a waste of money and for people that don't have exciting lives. Um, But, (laughs) I mean, ultimately, I think the thing is that, um, you know, I think the time-honored thing here is to just do what the bride wants and let her and help that person if you care about the bride do what she wants and help her be happy on her big day like you're not gonna have a bad time in Maui I mean it's it's highly unlikely unless it's gonna like drain you financially emotionally some other way or whatever like fucking go it seems like there was something else going on with her that she like couldn't tell her sister about or like it just seems like she really cannot go. Like, why is she not to. returning? Why is she, like, returning the dress? Like, it just is, like, so... It's so... Ex- it just seems very extra to me. Like, buying a bridesmaid's dress is one of the... To me, in my mind, one of the most intentional things you can do. Like, <laughs> I'm about to spend a bunch of money on something I don't like that much. Maybe you like it. Probably will never wear it again. You didn't pick it. You, who knows if it's flattering on you? I mean, assuming the bride did you those favors, you still probably don't want that dress. And so, or wouldn't have gotten it without her. And so, to buy a bridesmaid's dress and then return it just feels, again, yeah, Christina's right. I mean, you're both right. Like, there's either something that you're not saying that needs to be said, or there's some, you don't, there's something fucked up with the situation. I mean, I just really, I just don't think we're getting the full scope here because it's like if you really love someone and they're your family yeah you should be able to be honest with them at that level so there there has to be some sort of disconnect there or something that you're not ready to address with her or or i I don't know if you love someone and they're your family you need to check your shit at the fucking door and go to their wedding like that i mean a wedding is just one of those things that to a lot of people and i do not i'm not a person like that but being invited to a wedding 
Being invited to a wedding is sim. And by the way, like I, I do have to say, I've been to beautiful weddings. <laughs> literally over any hypothetical wedding that you are going to. Be That's invited the thing to. is that I no no no. Here's the thing. I actually do love going to weddings, and I think it's beautiful and it's fun. What I don't like is the bride's attitude. A lot of times, I think that and or you know or even the groom's attitude. Like there's but there's groomzillas too, and like I just find it to be. I find it to be a lot of to do and like I find that a lot of I've seen, you know, so many people, you know, from back home and and stuff like that or whatever, just like struggle to afford their dream wedding. And it's like, well, why don't you just go start the rest of your lives together with that money? Like a hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars in a day. Like, is it worth it? And like, um, there is this thing called like bride depression or whatever, which is like Jackie had that after her wedding, which was like one of the best days. It was so much fun. It was a beautiful wedding. But like after her wedding, she's like, that was it. She's like, I have, she's like, I'm depressed. Jeez. She's like, it was, that was like, that was, I'm never going to look better than I looked that day. I will never have a more special day. She's like, that was the most special day of my life and it's over. And she's like, it's very common. She's like for, you know, for a, months now, I've been like consumed with planning this thing. And now it's gone. So, yeah. I don't know. But um, I do think that weddings are the sim- you know, the symbol behind having guests at your wedding to begin with is that the people who are with you are supposed to be a part of your marriage. Like, they are there to look over your marriage, to help you get through hard times together. Um, it's It's why, like, those big weddings – means so little and those because it's like oh like literally like everyone from your hairdresser to your agent to your cousins is like part of your community like hard to believe um but if it's like an intimate destination wedding like she has chosen those people carefully and you've been asked to be a part of this because she you know she wants her big sister there you know I don't know what you're not telling us I'm weirded out (laughs) <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I'm a little weirded out yeah it seems like we're missing some information but like I mean she don't she lie mentioned, to me she mentioned the age gap which maybe could res- have resulted in her little sister looking up to Giovanna as a mother figure yeah she mentioned and it's just like you well it sounds go. like their mom is messy too yeah so it's just, stop the cycle just is go. the mom gonna be at the wedding I wonder it sounded like no yeah it sounded like the mom was like a is like a douche um, you can't get her shit together. <laughs> mama douche can't your get her. Your mom is such a douche. Dude, your mom is a your mom is douche. such a douche. <laughs> um, I don't think it's ever been said about a mom ever. My mom taught me that word, douche. Yeah, for like we're like just talking about someone too, in like that way item. or like the actual. No, my mom was just like, oh, he's just a fucking bag of douche, malls, and I was just like, <laughs> what's a bag of douche? And my mom was like, oh, it's like a thing that women used to clean their vaginas out with. And I was like, ew. Also, isn't it negative to like associate that vagina is disgusting? I think it's more calling the liquid disgusting. Like we don't call like people schmegma. The heck is schmegma? We should. Oh, you don't dick cheese. (laughs) I think I would call someone dick cheese. But I mean, the thing to me that's gross about douche is that you feel like you need to vacuum floral water up your snatch like that is so i've never douched so i don't know i, don't, I mean no like i haven't either i don't even know like, like a morning show yeah it, it and was like, on parks and rec so. the douche yeah <laughs> well, like, that's right um there also are people that like 
you know that girl that like has summer eve in her shower yeah. and you're just like <laughs> you're too young for legit this. <laughs> like you have this shit out like what are you doing like Did that you grow is up like, in the 70s like literally th- that gets hidden with like whatever you wax yourself with <laughs> and like that is like a private beauty utensil you know you don't leave that out like like it's a bottle of shampoo I don't know. You use Summer's Eve? No. Oh, okay. I'm saying you know. I'm saying you know that girl. Like, I. What do you think? I have a fucking. I have a desire to get yeast infections for the rest of my life because that's what that is. That's like, oh, you know what? I haven't gotten enough UTIs lately. I'm just Would gonna try and expedite the process and shove a bunch of chemicals up my badge. <laughs> um, but you know, I do. You know, there's things like you know. There's a fine line. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's uh, take another call. But also, can you call us back and tell us what you're not telling us? Because that seems to be pretty important, and I don't really understand the point of this call. Yeah, three, what's two, your three, four, five, zero, seven, four, zero, eight. What's your secret call? Yeah. Hi, Ralph, Christina, and guest. My name is Kate. I definitely want to make this concise. I'm a little wordy, and I feel like there's a lot of backstory that goes into the question. Definitely talking to a counselor about a lot of this stuff, though. But I guess my main question right now is, how do you deal with a really big transitional period in your life? I've lived in Los Angeles for a little over six years, and it's been been a bit fraught. I came out here on a whim after living in New York City for a while and um, kind of just partying and spending money. Came out here for an internship and never left. And I'm definitely, I've been, I've been on and off with um, a gentleman for about five years and living with him, and um, we're, we're ready to move on. But it's not just that. It's, um, I've just been having just issues kind of connecting with people out here, and while I'm, you know, grateful for the people I have, I'm having to leave my job in September. I'm the nanny, and... I'm going to, she's going to pre-K, so I'm probably going to have to go back to my field that I haven't been in in quite some time. I worked in um, in this field out in New York. I have a master's degree in it, but out here, it seems like you have to be 21 with a million Instagram followers to get you know, getting money out there with it. And I also want to be a writer, so I'm kind of looking into being a writer's assistant or going back to being a public relations associate, something like that. And I also found out that the ex-boyfriend has a new girlfriend. I need to move out in September when my job ends, and I don't have enough money to live on my own right now. And I've had bad luck with roommates. I'm talking, having to give restraining orders against them and getting death threats. So we've been nervous about that. So I guess... When you feel like everything's been fraud and you don't really have a core group to latch on to and you're on your own, you don't have money from your family, and you're kind of stuck in L.A. for better or worse, you can't go anywhere else, how do you deal with it? I need to figure out how I can get a extremely high-paying job and live on my own, or I have to try to find roommates that will try to kill me. And I don't say that facetiously, but saying that truly. So I guess, yeah, my main question would be about transitions and how to kind of deal with I have a couple months of how would you kind of do a pro and con list. Like, you know, I meditate, I do yoga, and I try to meet people and 
not, you know, obviously bombard them with my issues when I first meet them, which I used to do. I don't do it anymore. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. I would suggest that you grow up. Um, That is basically my number one note off the top. And that comes specifically and really only from the comment of you have to find roommates that are somehow find roommates that are not going to kill you. Um, No one is entitled to live in Los Angeles. Uh, If you are stuck here, you are stuck here. But it is if it. This is a city of fucking making it work. It's miserable. It is a miserable city to live in, which is exactly why I always tell anyone, if you just want some sunshine, go to San Diego. Like, do not, why would you put this kind of pressure on yourself? If you want to be here, that's important. Do you need to get a high-paying job? Fuck no. Do you maybe need to get four medium-paying jobs? Probably. That's more realistic. Like, can you find a roommate? Yeah, guess what? Everyone in the city struggles. You can find a roommate. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this because sometimes people come back to me and they're like, actually, I have a rare medical condition that I have to live alone. And so to get roommates for me is a lot more different than every other person because I struggle. And it's just like, no, it's like, it's like, I'm not going to get that letter from you now. So if you didn't disclose your medical condition, that means you have to live alone. That's your problem. She did kind of imply that like she's had roommates before that she had to get. Sounds like she is bad at dealing with people and she needs to grow up. That is part of life is learning how to work with people. And if you cannot afford your house and you need to and, and the move is to learn how to work with people, then I would suggest learn how to work with people because you chose to come here to begin with. And that's why I again, like, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but I struggled so much. There would be days that I just fucking like I just hit a wall. Like when I first moved to L.A., like I would just pull over and write aid parking lots and cry for like sometimes two hours and just like really fucking exhaust myself because I was so nervous and so worked up about, you know, what if I don't, what if nothing happens for me? And I still like worry about that shit every fucking day. Like what if I have seen the best thing I have ever seen? What if I never do anything again in my life? What if I have to move to Austin and be a waitress? What if, and like, not like that's a bad thing. I actually think I would love that life, but I just, I just, I love counting tips. I love all of it. But I do think that there is something here that's coming across, and I hate to say it, as entitlement to me. And I take real issue with entitlement. And to me, that's the thing that kills me more than anything is I've been called entitled. And it's like, I honestly, I'm not going to say I've worked harder for everything I have than any other. That is not even close to true. But I know that I've worked for everything I have. And like, I, I certainly was not a person who got handouts. And like, you know, I've, I'm an opportunity finder at most, but I am not entitled to anything. Like if anything, I know what kind of life I want to live and I reach, I strive for that, but you have to work for that. And if you want to live alone, if you want to learn how to not, if you want to in your later in your life, not have to deal with other people, which by the way, ultimately is the dream. Like I love that I don't have a boyfriend or a husband or a roommate that I have to negotiate things with. I love that about my life. That's fucking dope that I get to make my choices. Um, But that is also something that at certain times in my life I haven't had the luxury of. And also something at certain times in my life I've had to learn like, okay, this is, yeah, like this sucks right now. Like, you know, living with Sarah was so great because she was one of my really good friends. If we, though, if things were off, though, in the apartment, it was also the fucking worst because she yeah. was one of my really good friends. I have been to that and very true. 
And it's like, it's like the worst because it's like, it's like, it's not like some random person that it's like, it's not some random person that it's like, okay, well, you know, that sucks to have tension in your living space, but it's like also a person you care the most about. What I would recommend to you is first of all, realize that no one's going to kill you. No one wants to kill you. What do you get out of that? Do you know, it's very difficult to murder someone and get away with it. <laughs> that it's very expensive if you do murder someone it's a lot of planning. You usually have to have a lot of drive behind doing that. There has to be some sort of, you know, failed romantic relationship or some betrayal. There needs to be a motivation. There needs to be a hit taken out on you. There needs to be something that you have done in order to deserve to be murdered, which is why I always tell people, stop fearing murder so much. You might get murdered, maybe, but it's not like it's not even, I mean, people act like it's an, it's an STI or something. Like they act like, like just any slip up, you could just get murdered. And it's like, not really. Like, what have you done to piss someone off that much? that you think someone like it's narcissistic actually to think that someone's going to murder you. I do think that I think a fear of murder is slightly narcissistic anyway. Um, just fucking get some roommates and stop complaining. And like, and I say this from a place of tough love because like, if I, ever spoke like this and I'm sure there were times that I did I feel like someone shook me fucking loose from that real quick and we're you know I had a lot of friends I surrounded myself with people that were more successful than me and that was a great thing for me because it gave me something to look at that was a thing to strive for um and you are in between stages of your life right now and I think that this is a good opportunity like Let's not look at the negative side of it. Let's look at the opportunity that you have. You're not making great money. You can't afford your place. What about like living with a couple of artists that fucking inspire you? What about going and applying for an internship that you you probably can't even afford to take it, but then you work at Coffee Bean and you do other shit and you're surrounding yourself with the types of people that you want to be. Um, and one of the most best pieces of advice we were ever given on this podcast, and I can't remember exactly who it was. Let me know if you do. Someone said, people often come when they want something, they often come from a place of what can I get from you as opposed to how can I help you? And like, that is the big difference. It's like, is it because like, and it's, but it, it's, it's very important. It's yeah. if you want to, if you want to impress someone or get in someone's good graces or like, let them know that like, you really are sincere and, and want to do the the hard work and, and make it, you fucking offer up your services and you say like, yeah, I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'm going to do this online job. and I'm going to work in a call center. I mean, look outside of the box too. A lot of people or think outside of the box. A lot of people think like, I'm dead serious. I really think that you should get an internship and work at a call center or something that has like a steady check that has health insurance. If you have a college education or whatever, you are capable of getting that job it's not difficult. Um, you can work at Verizon. Like you can do that and you can take UCB classes at night or and do an internship. You can do that. And you're young, so you have the energy for that. And I'm sorry you don't have friends right now, but maybe that's why you need to learn how to work better with people. Like in LA, your first five years here are just cycling through friend groups because you're like, okay, well, I took away from this friendship 
Like, Chris, like, that's why Ed and Christina are so important to me. They're like the last men standing. Like, I, you know, I mean, like, obviously, we met through my friend Slippy, who's also your friend. And I still love Slippy. I, I rarely get to see him, but I love him very much. Um, that said, like, and I obviously consider him a friend. But like that said, like, like. There have been people that have, that come and go. You you're in a group. What you take away from that is maybe an introduction that happened, or maybe one friend in that group, or maybe um, you know whatever a work connection or something. And then you go into that work environment and you make a friend there. And like it just is. Just get ready for uh, the cyclical nature of life, man. I mean, you're an adult now, so this is the this is the part of being an adult that everyone warned you would suck. Um, so like, let's not act like we didn't know it was coming. Sammy, I'm sorry. I'll let you talk. No, no, it's totally fine. I think it Well, in LA specifically. There's no lack of people in transitional periods. Like, what does she think? She's special. Yeah. Yeah. That's like what, that's what people do here. It's just like, go to a meetup, find your like quirkiest quirk and go to a meetup about it and then find your people, find your community. You will find support there and then you'll be fine. Go to like emotionally broken psychos <laughs> is like great because we all have the same fucking personality. Like we're all also INF, like half of us are INFPs, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing because we make up 4% of the population, but like 60% of our Facebook group. <laughs> that is so weird. Um, And that is, you know, that is something to be said for finding your people. I always say we were very spoiled in a sense because one, I came out here having Ed. I also had a boyfriend that followed me out here and he had a friend who had a friend who lived in LA and that girl Mary was my best friend for like the first like two years I lived here. Um, then I had a friend from college move out here. Then, you know, Ed introduced me to people. I And then Tumblr came around and I had Tumblr meetups, which were like a big thing. Like we, I mean, that's how you Tumblr's met Slippy. Yeah. I met my, one of my closest... My closer friends from LA, I met off of Tumblr too. Like right when I moved out here. It's yeah. Like I right. And it's a little, and you know, I think it's a wild west on Tumblr now. I think that there's oh, probably a different, there's probably a different thing that is the same thing. And I really would say that. Oh, I don't, I can't. Wasteland of nonsense. I mean, because Twitter's already like that as it is. And Twitter used to be a thing that, I mean, you can, you can make friends through Twitter, actually. And it's yeah. not weird to meet people from the internet. All of my friends are, quote, from the internet, I say. <laughs> this is my friend from the internet. Um, and what I would say, I think the new thing, if I, ooh, I just like licked the microphone. If mm. What I would say the new thing that's like <laughs> trending, I would guess, if I had to guess, it seems like. And I'm not just talking about my podcast. It seems like podcast fans of podcasts in groups are like the new thing. Like my favorite murder is a very active one. Bitch Sash had a very active one before some I don't something happened. I don't know that thing. But I think they're still all really active. Uh emotionally broken psycho, super active. Like there's just if for anything that you have an interest for, there's a group for that. And I'm sure that you have um, and L.A. being the city that it is being, you know, podcasts are a New York, L.A. sort of thing. Like they're slowly making their way through the rest of the country. So odds are if you went into the group for your favorite podcast and said, hey, who lives in L.A.? You want to do a meetup? Like we've done a please advise meetup. If you want, I'll do another please advise meetup and you can meet people. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since. And I'm sorry that. I told you, like, look, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> if you come to the please advise meetup, I just want you to know I can't I can't have you get drunk and give me a weird speech about how I gave you some tough love. You called the show. You know what you asked for. But 
I will, and this is the this happened yeah, don't to be get the weird. This happened to be the day you caught me on, but um, I know some girl got fucking weird for on me, and I was like, I bought you dinner at a fuck. I bought you like whatever. Fuck what? Everyone can die. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but but we should do another please advise meetup, and you should come out to that. But also go after your more favorite niche podcast, and literally be the person who initiates it. Put up a post saying, "Hey, when are we gonna do a meetup?" Yeah, do you it. Put yourself out there, kid. Yeah, you got this. But don't yeah. Whatever. You're so much more positive than me about this. I'm like, does she? Um, okay. I'm so off. But no, take my take my question of you and use that as fuel. Because I really do think that that has been some of the best fuel I've had in my life is people doubting me. Because I'm like, oh, really? That's you that smarter actually, than me. That actually fuels me more than people being like, "You're great." Yeah, you're amazing. Yeah, no, I'm like when people compliment me, I'm like, I don't need that. That doesn't. Thank you, but that does nothing for me. Like <laughs> it's it not does. I'm never gonna believe you. It's not gonna be good. But if you tell me I fucking suck, like that will get my rocks off. Thank you. Like literally, the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for me was this year. Like called me up. He said, "I hate your script. I don't know why you wrote this." I don't know where you think it's going to sell. And I just don't understand it. I don't understand why you would do this. I, I really don't. Li- I don't like it. I have to say, like, I had asked for feedback and I fucking loved it. I was like, I was smiling on the other side of the phone as he said this to me. And where another person would be like, oh, my feelings. I was like, thank you for being honest. Everyone else is just like. Yeah, it's good. Um, there's a typo on page 18. Like, I, I, because I, I know that because I've been the person who's given those notes. Because there, what is the incentive to call up someone and be honest with them? It means that people are probably going to dislike you. But I didn't dislike this guy for it. I fucking loved him for it. And like, there are people that can take that, and there's people that can't. And I will say, I'm a winner. So <laughs> that's what it is. Oh. I what? <laughs> it's okay if you don't have anything to say. Oh no, I yeah. I, she said she up. said stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like from what oh, construct like yeah. yeah. I mean, always if you have something constructive to say to somebody, just say it. Like, yeah, the Sarah Hot nonsense where it's like anonymous constructive criticism, bullshit. It's for cowards. You should just be able to tell your friend like, hey, this is what's wrong with you. <laughs> but do you want to know what else got my rocks off about that? Because it's like, oh, it made you feel away. Like you felt a, like you felt very strongly that this was a terrible script. And there are people that are on the other side of the spectrum from him that feel very strongly that it's a very good script. And that is fucking dope. Like at least he felt something. How many st- I've read so many pilots and been like, okay, like this person isn't three-dimensional. Like, there's not... Like, I can't even imagine this being on TV. Like, let yeah. alone... Yeah. So I just... Yeah, I just want to throw that out there, too, is, like, maybe find find what fucking motivates you, girl. Like... It seemed like she was a little bit aimless. Find, yeah, you need to find what motivates you and really look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself what you want to do. Really yeah. ask yourself, what if you sell all your shit? What if you sell your car... What if you get a bus ticket and you fucking take that shit to San Antonio and like whatever, Marfa, Texas, like I love dick. That seems like they've got a great community going on down there. (laughs) Take a bus to Marfa and then start all over again. Like you'll figure it out. But that is, I mean, do you real like, honestly, ask, do you think you're going to wind up homeless? Like really ask yourself that. Like, are you going to, what is the worst case scenario? You die, you wind up homeless. Like 
you know, like, so what if no one talks to you? That actually can be kind of pleasant. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I think what might be nice for you is to try and save up $10 a week that you can't touch and then buy a plane ticket and go to a European city and be poor in that European city and see that like one, it's okay to be poor in the world. Two, the world is a lot bigger than you. Three, Los Angeles is just a place. It's literally just a place. And I do everything I can to get out of here as frequently as possible to remind myself that that I live in a world of like bullshit, basically. There's a lot of bullshit here. And not everyone is bullshit. There's also great things. But like to take L.A. so seriously, my God. It's so I mean, I did in the past. And like to, when I look back on it, I'm just like, God, I put so much weight in, on, on like this city and what this city could do for me. And like ultimately. I like to be a regular person, too. I don't need to be special and a special L.A. person like I don't need that. What is like in that? I don't know. I have to pack for Palm Springs soon. So let's take another call. And then um, did you do your launch? You're all packed, really? Christine and I are going to Palm Springs, you guys. If you haven't bought your tickets for Work It yet, if you are a female podcaster, maybe save your money, listener. And if you want to be a podcaster, save up your, your money and come to Work It because there's going to be a lot of women there who are talking about podcasts. We're learning about podcasts. As we said before, this is a male-dominated industry, no doubt. Like, it's a it's a... It's a dude dominated thing. Um, I I'm person. I'm going to change that single handedly. I will say, um, but no, we have to like support each other. And so Christine and I were asked to do this thing called Work It, which you went to last year. It's W E R K I T, and it's put on uh, by W M I C, which is very cool that we were asked to do this because we are not the biggest podcast on the block, and there is a wide range of people. But I would say that like, look, it's a real honor to be included. Like. We're, I'm really excited about it. We're kind of random. Yeah, we are kind of random. You know what I mean? Like, it was <laughs> nice to be included. And I'm sure you being there last year had a great deal to do with yeah. it as well. I think I, I met some people and they were like, you're kind of cool. Let me follow and see where you're going. So that was nice of them. But Thank like, you guys. yeah, I mean, like, we recognize that we're random. And we were asked to do what I think was like the coolest fucking panel that we could have been asked <laughs> to do. I mean, I, I honestly was like, damn. You're right. I am good at that. And so if you want to come, come see what that is. Come see what it's all about. Work it in October. Christine and I are going away for the weekend to like, well, it's like for a Monday to uh, an offsite retreat. Yeah. We got to go offsite to a place with seven pools. They have seven pools. <laughs> Our panel's happening on October 5th on the second stage. We're actually opening. So we're open. Cool. Yeah, we're opening. What's the panel? We were asked if we wanted to open or close. And I was like, I'm pretty Holy sure we're not going to be mic dropping on the festival. And also people will be home by then because it's like Sunday. <laughs> it's like whatever. Um, but um, yeah, we're opening. Our, what's our panel? Yeah. Basically, do you want to phrase it? It's basically how we're work wives. It's how oh, we're sure. two yeah. friends and like what it is, what it's like to work with a friend and 
how that can be difficult to navigate sometimes. I mean, you guys know I have worked with friends and you know, I mean, I think I have alluded to plenty that there have been situations where I have worked with friends and it's been a fucking disaster. And there's reasons for that. And there's also reasons why I work very well with Christina. And like it hasn't been like 100% smooth sailing at the same time. Even our worst fight wasn't that bad. It was not that bad. No. I mean, like, but, like, we care about each other enough that we would never let it get there. And also, like, I don't think you and I have anything mean to really say to each other. No. So it's kind of just, like, you're fucking pissing me off right now. And it's, like, that's maybe it. It's just, like, you're pissing me off. And everyone's going to, you know, you have to take that in stride. Some people cannot take that in stride. And, like, that was a huge learning lesson for me. And the thing that I have done 100% differently and made sure – that my partner isn't experiencing because I've allowed res- I have allowed to watch someone resent me before, and I've been like, if you're not, if you don't have the fucking balls to say why you're mad at me, insert the name of a person I've worked with here before. You know, if you want to sit there and be fucking mad at me and sit in your ivory tower and like and hold the world against me, you can do that because you have no sack and you can't tell me what you're mad at me about. Yeah. And that's, I'm sorry. Like, that's also, that's another person that has to grow up. So there you go. <laughs> it requires a certain level of emotional intelligence. Yeah. And also like real friendship, real friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real friend. I mean, like, you know, you can make it work with a superficial friend as well. But um, real, like, you know, real friends can be harder. They can also be a lot easier. Yeah. It's like, you know. And you also, it's not other. its not the stakes aren't insane here. Like, we were able to build this together, which is cool. Like, it wasn't like we started out, like, yeah, with a $500,000 budget. And, like, yeah. we had to turn it into, you know, this thing. Like, yeah. we built it. Yeah. And it's also, like, you're a little bit more okay with asking someone to shoulder a little bit more because you're going through something and they know the honesty of what you're going through. Through life. You know? Yeah. Like, it was just no question. Like, between everything we had going on last month, like, that was just not a question between us. Like, we're just, like, we're taking the month off. You know, you had a bunch of shit. I had a bunch of shit. It was also just a nice break. I mean, I and summer is like a slow, t- obviously a known slow time on the internet. I don't know that if there's any slow time anymore because of yeah. our country. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, we put out, you don't have to put out 52 podcasts a year. Yeah. You know, God bless a, the people that do, though. No, I mean, honestly, yeah. it's a, I honestly that's why I'm always like fucking people who don't appreciate YouTubers are so dumb. Like it, to have to put out a video every single fucking day. No, YouTubers are workhorses. Yeah. I mean, that's some shit like they're working and like that's and and that's how you get skills working. Yeah. It's like that 10,000 hours thing. It's like mm-hmm. you become an expert. If you yeah. keep doing it for a certain amount of hours, you just got to keep doing it to get better. I'm Don't like knock so yourself if you're not thankful. instantly better and mm-hmm. instantly good at something. You have to work to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Life advice, guys. Maybe start a YouTube to the girl who called. I'm very thankful that I had the defamer exercise of having to do a video every day. That was, like, the closest I ever had to that. And, like, I will tell you it's a fucking job, especially if you're also working a job, which a lot of these people do. So, you know, realize that also you're probably not working as hard as you could, too. That's also to the original caller. Like, are you working as hard as you could? Are you that exhausted? I mean, when I – you know, you're at this stage in your life. I mean, Stephen Ray Morris was over here yesterday, and I was like, I don't think you sleep enough to do it. Like, he was like, no, I sleep. He's like, I get like six, seven hours a night. I'm like, yeah, that's not enough sleep. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to have eight. 
You know oh, what really? I mean? You're not supposed to skate by. But when I was his age, I had the same mentality, which was like, it's okay that I'm struggling now. It's okay that I'm fucking exhausted. I would sometimes work 18 hour days. Yeah. Like just like literally get six hours sleep, wake up and work again. And you know what? It was okay because one, I totally loved it. And two, it was like the most exciting time. Find something that makes you excited. She needs some excitement. Yeah. She needs, I feel like she needs to figure out who she is and what she wants to do with life. You don't have to be rich to drive your ass out to the desert, set up a tent, and sleep there. <laughs> Just fucking put yourself in the woods or something. Wild. Get a six-pack of beer <laughs> and a journal. Hey, Malls, I have something that I want to read. What? Uh, we have a review. Oh, we have a From re- the Apple Podcast Store. Oh, from the Apple Podcast Store. Oh, that yeah, is from so- Apple Podcasts. I love Apple Podcasts. That's so cool. Um... Guys, I want you to remember that I have put an offer on the table, which is that we get five. If we get five hundred reviews by December thirty first of this year, assuming that the planet is still spinning, um, I will do something special for you. What it is, I do not know, but something <laughs> special will be done. Wow, we're at two seventy six right now. Which is not a lot. No, we're gonna need some more, you guys. Please advise nation. Literally, go into Apple Podcasts. Just type five words. That's fine. Five yeah. words. Fucking love it. Just write that. Fucking love it. Or you can take a cue from Persnickety MI. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> and write a review like this. It's called Appreciate Ya. Uh-huh. Malls and Christina are my besties in my head. These intelligent, motivating, and savvy women dish out real advice for every for the everyday millennial. Please Advise Nation knows that their pod is like free therapy for an hour every week. That's it. That's so nice. Thank you. Thank you, Persnickety. Yeah, thank you. That was really tight. Um, By the way, appreciate ya. I don't know if my Starbucks drive-thru guy listens to the podcast <laughs> or not, but I literally was going through my Starbucks drive-thru, and it was like probably the week after like we had really talked about <laughs> appreciate ya and like how I was just – we'd been really railing on it. And the guy gives me a coffee and he goes, appreciate ya. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, does he, I was like, is this just like, is this just now a saying that's in the ether? Like people, is this trending again? Appreciate you. Or is that, um, I mean. I don't, I don't know. Like, and yeah. also, does he appreciate me? Like, how could he possibly appreciate me that I come to Starbucks? Or does he listen to the pod? Is that Please Advise Nation in the house at my Starbies? I have you met a fan in real life, like, out in the wild? Dude, do you want to know what's so crazy? After Wags got attacked last year, I left that. The first time I left the house, I brought him with me. And some girl walks right up to – I literally get out of the Uber and a girl walks up to me and she's like, hi, I listen to your podcast. How's Wags? Oh, my God. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean I've mean, i met them in the wild many oh, times, yeah. actually. It's I've very, never. It's, like, very – well – I met you don't one, really post pictures. Or- I met one person in the wild, and then they were like, you're the Christina? And I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, you can't, you, you don't recognize my voice? And You I was probably like- have met Please Advise Heads in real life, <laughs> but they don't see They you. don't know you. Yeah. Because you stay off cam a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. No, that's your prep. But, (laughs) like, I bet you do meet Please Advise fans. But, yeah, no, it's, like, very, like, flattering and cool. Like, sometimes I've been been at a bar before and someone's been like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I just want to say, like, cool podcast. 
Like, <laughs> I'm always stunned. That's rad. Yeah, it is. Very, it's very nice. Like, it's very nice. Maybe we should do a meetup just so I can experience what that's like. Yeah, and <laughs> so people can memorize your face. people telling me that I'm great. Yeah, you need that. <laughs> um, okay, do we have any more calls? We do, but I would like to wrap up. Okay, we should wrap it up then. Sammy, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I railroaded you and talked the whole time. Oh, my God, it's almost 5 o'clock. Yeah, that's why I was like, God damn. Um, Sammy, thank you for being here. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks Where are all the places? Of course, girl. I like, I mean, I just like, it's un. I feel like I talk to you all the time. We do. I mean, we do talk all the time, but I feel like I speak to your face. <laughs> so like in my mind, like we do this all the time, but like, I mean, how do I even really know what you look like? Like, I mean, I've met you once, like, but I, in my mind, I know exactly who you are. Um, where are all the places people can find you? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, S-A-M-E-E-J-U-N-I-O. There may be an underscore in between my first and last name, but maybe Look not. Look it up. Yeah. I'm around. And um, what about all of the pods you work on? Oh, um, just, uh, you can search Hello Lion Face, which is the network I soft launched, but I'm really regretting naming it. I'm cringing right now and closing my eyes and nobody can, I feel like... It went whatever. Why? Uh, it's just kind of. It's kind of like. Yeah, hello, lion face. But uh, hello, giggles. You I don't know. think that's a lot this, worse? This that my hello, lion face has been equated to that name specifically, and then hello, kitty, and I'm just like both of those things are not what I'm trying to do here, guys. My college sketch comedy group, which was started in 1982, was called Hello Shovelhead. So <laughs> it's a it's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. It's just Google that. I think they will pop up. If not, um, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, losers. Um, you guys, sorry. thank you so much. Sorry. Um, Christina, people can find you on the internet as well at, at Christina Lopez, right? Yep. On Instagram and on Twitter, Christina with a K. She got the handle, Lopez. y'all. Yeah. I know. My phone always cr- autocorrects you to C. And I'm yeah. like... Someone in one of the voicemails I haven't played yet, someone or called me Christine. And I was like... Whoa. I don't like that. You li- and they're like, I listen to the podcast every week. I love Malls and Christine. And I'm just like, uh. I, that also makes me feel embarrassed for them, though, because, like, have you ever called someone the wrong name for a long time? No. Oh. <laughs> my mom called someone the wrong name for, like, over 15 years. <laughs> and I watched her get corrected, and it was the darkest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was like, so- and I also know my mom is a very proud woman, so oh. that, like, was a real hit to the ego for Sean Sean. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, it's Christina with a K, Lopez with a Z on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And then uh, Snapchat, which I haven't done in a while. I need to revive that. Yeah. Um, it's Hey K Lopez. Yeah. Well, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Li- yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, thanks so much for listening. That was episode 140 of Please Advise. We will be back very soon. Remember that you always have to call so we can make our show. We make our show with your phone calls. 323-450-7408. Or your See, voice uh, notes or emails. Oh, yeah, voice notes or emails as well. Yeah. I mean, we like the calls the best. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. (laughs) 